This is Cat's Podcast, episode number 42. In this episode, I'm talking to a legend when it comes to the breath, breathing, breath work, however you want to call it. And this legend is David Gulley. I'm very grateful for this conversation as it holds so much power if we really um, allow it to sink in. So who's David? Just a little introduction. David is a yoga teacher who dedicated his life to the science of yoga. He started studying yoga in India in the early 70s and has been bringing out the real message of yoga ever since. And when I say yoga teacher, I really would like you to take that in with reverence. He has been dedicated to this path for five decades now and sees yoga as this complete system that it truly is. He's also the founder of retreat and healing centers in Thailand and the Philippines. And at the core of his teachings is a strong understanding and embodiment of the ancient chakra system, which often gets messed with in our modern world. We have all these weird, yeah, weird ideas or notions about the chakras. So if you really want to know about the chakras, go to David. <laughs> his specialties are the chakras, yantra yoga, which is the science on how the energies of the chakras manifest in the universe as well as of course the breath and david's consistency in extended daily breathing for decades is making him biologically younger than he actually is according to telomere testing he is 25 years take that in 25 years younger than on paper now this fact alone shows us the power that our breath holds when we breathe correctly and it leads us to question the common beliefs about aging. Is aging really a thing? <laughs> this episode is all about the breath and its potential for health and vitality. We will talk about a fundamental breathing technique or orientation of the breath that everyone should know how the breath and our mind are linked, how the breath and our immune system are connected, why oxygen is key, the shocking fact that most of us use only 10% of our brain cells, 10%, <laughs> and why you don't want to breathe with the AC on, plus many more mind-blowing facts. And for the breath nerds among you, we also dive into Ekadasi and Pancha Sahita. Now enjoy this fun episode. It's really fun. It was fun talking to David with the one and only David Gulley. Before we dive in, I just want to add a little disclaimer as I think I have to please um, acknowledge that this is not medical advice. This podcast is presented for educational and informative purposes only. Published content is not intended to be used for diagnosing or treating any illness. Those responsible for this show disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information presented here. All right, now let's dive in. First of all, David, um, welcome officially to the podcast. I'm, as I said, I'm really, really honored and happy to have you here today. That's amazing that we could make that happen. Um, so it's, it's morning time. You're in the Philippines. I'm on yeah. Bali. 
How did your morning start? Have you had your coffee yet? Because I've heard that you usually have it quite early. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't so early this morning. It was only at six, which oh, is late okay. for me. <clears throat> But I'm still kind of catching up on some whatever jet lag, seven days of traveling to get here. So wow. Strenuous. Out of my normal yoga practice. But yeah, I get up and I have um, like half a cup of coffee, not too much, because too much stimulates the mind and we get into thinking mode. But a little bit keeps me motivated and awake. And that's um, something I learned from Swami Gitananda, who always drank coffee. He drank a lot more than me, actually. Ah. It gives me the motivation to practice. And then I start with 108 rounds of Mahat Yoga Pranayama. Do you know what that is? That's the complete three-part breathing? Yes, I know what it is. I love it. <laughs> and I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, more about that later on. But, wow, uh, 108 rounds. That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's done at a... Not, not exactly a slow speed, but then I throw in a retention... Every fourth breath as um, part of my morning ritual. And at that time, I kind of uh, space out on the retention and go to sometimes other dimensions and come back. So it takes me a little while, at least an hour, to do that 108 rounds. Mm -hmm. And I do that actually three times a day. But first thing in the morning, that's the first thing I do is get rid of all the carbon dioxide and pick up the oxygen level with the great understanding that these are really fundamental aspects of our physiology. Keeping your oxygen level high, CO2 level low, keeps all the cells happy and they continue rejuvenating, repairing themselves, reproducing at a normal rate that is there kind of when you're a teenager and in younger in your life. I know, were you aware of the um, the telomere testing I did? I was. It's year? actually I've actually included that. it in my questions that I read that a couple of years ago you did this mm. telomere testing and it said that your real okay. or your biological age was forty eight and actually not seventy three. So that's that's quite impressive. Yeah, tell tell us more about mm. it. Well, because I'm still doing everything that I was doing 40 years ago or whatever, I feel like I'm in my 30s or 40s. <laughs> I went in to see a medical doctor here and he took some blood samples, sent them into Bangkok. And uh, about, about a week later, he got the results. And it was just testing with essentially just for my age or the age of my cells and what they determined was that according to all their results the age of my um, DNA and cells is about 48 as opposed wow. to my chronological age which is 75 and because I feel like a 40 year old but that's why I did this testing so well there's something not normal about me being so everybody around me is saying oh, 
you're what, 75 and you're, you're climbing trees and you're doing all these things. <laughs> so the thing is, I have a, a young attitude. I don't even think in terms of old age. And I do attribute a lot of this to the breathing. Mm. Do mm. hours of breathing every day. And I, I mean, eating these 108 rounds that I do are, are part of a, are a routine. But the rest of the day, when I'm moving around, I'm usually breathing deep also. Yeah. And I really feel this is what's keeping my youthfulness where it's at. Yeah, and I can imagine. Because... Um, this is a reality of our physiology. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that most of us, we've just unlearned how to breathe properly. Because at some point, probably already in our childhood... I don't know, the society with its dynamics well, yeah. take over and we unlearn how to move un like how to move naturally so we don't sit like we would ch sit as children and we don't walk like well, we would walk. Yeah, but we're made to we're made to sit in school. Yeah. So many hours a day, which is a very unnatural thing for children. Oh when yes. Stop moving and running and playing. Your breathing stops also because there's an automatic response to movement. When you're moving and producing carbon dioxide, you automatically begin breathing more deeply. Because we stop moving and we just sit, we're still using oxygen because our brains use as much as our body. But we go into this deficit of um, a mm. bad breathing habit, which leads to a continuous low oxygen level and things don't stay healthy yeah the so there was this shocking fact that i found on your website and i think i've heard it somewhere else as well that the average person uses only 10 percent of their lungs and that by coincidence, the same amount of brain yeah. cells. So only 10% of their lungs, only 10% of their brain cells. I mean, yeah. that's quite shocking. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reports from physiological studies and from psychological studies, if you put them together and say, wait a minute, this is not just a coincidence here. Hmm. Hmm. So... so the reality, What's... and you know, if if I can go into a more spiritual aspect of it, in the first on the first page of the Bible, it says that God breathes life into the nostrils of man, and he becomes a living soul. I mean, that one sentence is so important, and nobody thinks twice about it. Hmm. But it's saying the connection to consciousness or soul is through the breath our connection to the divine. So that's another aspect that's beyond the physiology. It will also expand your consciousness and your mind will become more active and you go way above that 10%. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we dive deeper into the breathing, I wanted to touch back again on um, on what you said before about your biological age, which which is way younger than your mm. like let's say your passport age, and I believe yeah. it's such a it's such a 
misbelief that we are or we were guided into that we think that with age, you know, you get these aches in your body, your brain stops working in a proper manner. And yeah, like, you can't do with... this anymore. You, you can't do that. And da -da -da -da. exactly. And that, yeah, and exactly. Yeah. The mindset that goes with it is crucial, important. And when you understand the mind body connection with yoga, well, we all believe that at 70 years old, we should be having a lot of problems. Yeah. And, pains and taking all kinds of drugs and all this stuff. It's a common belief in society. Everybody believes this. And people yes, are shocked about me because I, I don't believe it. Yeah. And, and I'm demonstrating that it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. And I love that because that's so powerful and, that's also part of the reason why I wanted to talk with you on my podcast, because I really want to challenge people in their beliefs and really show them ways how they can self-empower themselves. And I want to open their eyes to our innate healing power that we don't have to rely on pharmaceuticals or doctor's prescriptions. And we also don't have to rely on what they are telling us or what we don't have to believe the beliefs that are out there just because we grew up with them. So, um, yeah, thank you for being this, uh, this radiant, vibrant, healthy example that it can be different. I studied with Swami Gitananda when I was 22. And he taught me all these things about the breath. And he totally claimed Okay, he was also a medical doctor, claiming that there's no such thing as an incurable disease. And his other repetitive statement is that 97% of all disease is psychosomatic. It starts in your mind, it ends up in your body. But if you're treating it from the mental level, you can avoid all the suffering that most people are falling into expecting to fall into. Mm -hmm. So this is <clears throat> something we need to change the educational system <laughs> away from, no, you need to be vaccinated when you're a baby, as soon as you're born, now. And putting all these drugs and chemicals into your system, you're knocking out your own natural immune system by doing this, of course. Yeah. You never actually develop the ability to fight off viruses and germs. And of course, the powers that are in control of the world these days, the who, I don't know if you want to put that in there, you might get slammed. But they don't want people to be healthy because the health industry is exactly that. It's an industry. Mm. It's a huge, profitable industry that's employing how many millions of people in various levels from pharma to doctors to nurses to hospitals. What if all that were to come to an end? We'd have an economic collapse. So we can't have that. Yeah. There's many reasons why they need to keep the system going. You can't just change a humongous global system overnight. No. But people people can change. Yes, one people by one. Change their mind. 
Definitely, definitely. It's um yeah, they really want us to to stay weak and out of our own power and out of touch with our healing powers, our our deeper connections because that's yeah, it gives yeah, them that's power. make us more that makes us more controllable, right? <laughs> yeah. So independently healthy people are not supporting the system. They're not paying to the mind again what you believe about your health. And we're not taught anything about our health, actually. How many years of schooling did you go through? Nobody mentions really how your liver works and how your pancreas is creating these uh, enzymes and hormones and what would make it stop and why emotional turbulence can affect glandular outputs. I mean, this is known now. They have done the research. They understand these things, but they're not telling anyone. So can you tell us a little bit more about the thymus gland? Because it's not very, I don't know, people don't know about it. And they even people or statements saying you don't need it, it calcifies at a certain well, age, it's right, but actually it's the heart of our immune system, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, right. That's part of their program to make you feel you can't defend yourself. Thymus gland is the center of your defense system. And as soon as you start complete deep breathing, particularly midsection breath, you are reactivating that gland. It will actually grow to some extent to whatever it needs and come back into production. The thymus gland is the one that educates the white blood cells. Your bone marrow is making red blood cells, white blood cells. When the white blood cells get to the thymus, they are programmed, educated into becoming uh, macrophages or killer T cells or antibodies or helper cells. There's a whole series of them. And again, we know nothing about this. This is us. This is our essential being. But we're not taught anything about these things because some people don't want us to know this. Mm. We have an amazing, miraculous immune system that we're not told about. And if you're told about it, then you believe in it. And if you believe in it, it's going to be active. It's going to work. If you don't think it works, if you don't think it's worth anything, it'll respond to what you think. This is a major finding in mind-body connection. It's is a major finding in quantum physics, which is going right into subatomic particles of which we are made. So your body chemistry, everything is influenced by your belief system at the molecular and intermolecular level. And this is known in quantum physics. It's known in science, but they don't want to look at that and apply it. There is a new field of research called quantum biology in which they're looking at if scientists are influencing the experience of electrons in the laboratory, well, what's the influence that we have on the electrons and molecules in our own bodies? They're slowly coming to this realization 
but there's not as much funding going to this because it's not profitable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The profitability of the research is one of the main things, of course. People are not going to pay if it's going to destroy their income. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> part of the game. You know? So we, we kind of need to reinvent our educational system. And little young children can learn these things and really get it at a at an early age and then apply running and playing and deep breathing and a few poses, postures, and be forever healthy. Mm. But there's no profit. Yeah. Be forever healthy. That's so beautiful. Just listening to it that way because, yeah, we really have the potential and I'm tapping into that deeper and deeper so for me, I'm just, I just want to throw it in here, but you know, we were, we all grew up, I guess, with germ theory. So there are these germs yeah. swirling around and I haven't completely made my mind up yet, but I feel if I'm not afraid of germs, like attacking me, I, I'm yeah. much more relaxed and I, I'm just not fearful. And that's so liberating. Yeah. You know, the whole germ theory was a theory. And it hasn't been proven. It's still a theory. Goes back to 1860 when Louis Pasteur and uh, Beauchamp were opposing in views about why we have bacteria in our body. They didn't know at the time that bacteria, we have more bacteria in our body than we do cells. Because the bacteria are actually servicing the cells. They work for us, not against us, unless we are against ourselves, which is another psychological complication. I cover that in, I have a, a healer's manual. Maybe you haven't read that. It's a book no, on I healing haven't. that I give with my courses. Do you have it? No, I don't. It's coming with a course? No, it comes with a healing course. I'll send you a copy of it, a PDF copy. Thank you. I covered that in the first introduction, first chapter of the major mistakes that were made in belief systems 170 years ago. Major errors and mistakes that we never checked. We didn't correct the original mistakes and we built this whole empire of a pharmaceutical industry, a medical industry, on top of germ theory, which is only a theory. Mm -hmm. It's only a theory because they did not know at the time, they, when they had microscopes and all of a sudden they could see germs, say, aha, they're the bad guys. <laughs> it must but be they them. <laughs> didn't know, they didn't know what an antibody was. They were, I wasn't discovered for another 50 years. They didn't know that for every germ, there's an anti-germ. That your body makes these things automatically. It doesn't matter how many there are. A part of our growing up is just tasting the environment and feeling out what kind of threats are out there, and we build an autoimmune response to all of these things. This is part of our growing up. Mm. And, and the research and the knowledge is now there, but people are not getting it, which is why I'm out on my horse, running around, trying to whip people into shape, say, hey, wake up. Yeah. You know, even down the wrong road. It's a great freeway with 12 lanes going down, but it's going to hell. 
I love that image. <laughs> I think it's because this belief of, let's stick with the germ theory for a moment. It's so cemented in our brains. And <laughs> also it's yeah. so easy to say, oh, look, it's not me. I can't do anything because it's the germs. So it's, yeah, it brings us into this victim role and we don't have to step into our power because it's this outside thing. Yeah. So we need another outside thing, like big pharma producing an anti, uh, some kind of a chemical to kill the germ bacteria because we are incapable. But you know, it takes them a year or more to come up with a new drug for a certain bacteria. And the human reality does it in 24 hours. Mm. If you know the body works and you stop eating particularly sugary things, then you just breathe. Within 24 hours, you'll have an antibody <clears throat> instead of having to use big pharma's chemicals. Yeah. So um, let's dive a little bit deeper here. So when we breathe, when we learn to breathe properly, we have like one access route to our innate healing to amp up our healing capacity. What's one of the best ways or maybe entry points to better breathing and more oxygen in the blood? So What if someone listens to this and says, oh, I have no idea how I'm breathing, but I want to breathe healthier. What would be your tip? Where to start? Well, you can do a simple online breathing course mm -hmm. from my place. You can go and visit Octavio. You can, you know, it's, it's available through selected people. And I won't say that's all yoga teachers. Because the great majority of yoga teachers have never learned how to breathe. They might do a breathing exercise. They might do alternate nostril breathing because that's kind of famous. Yeah. But they haven't learned the three-part complete breathing, which is the foundation of all pranayama techniques. Yes. So you need to go to selected teachers who know what they're doing. And from the line of Swami Gitananda, me and Octavio and various other people around the world and that is available but you need to learn it and practice but you can do it online that's the whole advantage of what happened with covid is people are pushed online it's not difficult to learn this online you can yes. demonstrate it and see how it's done and then you feel it yourself and look at how well you're doing it compared to how i'm doing it on the video or whatever yeah how much your belly moving how far out do your ribs go I will so definitely, I know that you have one really, really amazing video. I think it's about an hour on Instagram. I will definitely link to that in the show notes. It's about this, it's about the three-part breath and how to prep the three sections. So three-part breath for the listeners, it's this Mahat Yoga Pranayama where we breathe into yeah. our belly, into the side ribs, and then into the upper part of the lungs. So we use like our whole lung capacity for this. Yeah. That makes it effective. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. just contemplating your physiology. If you're not, 
if you're only using that normal 10%, what's the other 90% doing? It's filling up with carbon dioxide because your blood is trying to get rid of it, but you're not exhaling it, so it stays in you. And your level of toxicity rises, knocking down your immune system. One Another note about the, the immune system, it works on surplus of oxygen. When you're active and doing, your muscles demand the oxygen. Your internal organs get the rest, and your immune system gets if there's anything left over. This is why you need to rest for healing, because then you're not using your muscles, you're not consuming all the oxygen, and then your immune system gets some of it. Now, if you are breathing deeply, that's a whole different ballgame. Then you have enough oxygen for the muscles, for the internal organs, and for the thymus gland and the immune system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is logical and provable and, again, everybody should know this. <laughs> I know, but, yeah. <laughs> I, so I how say... do you get it to everybody? It's in the education system. We're wrongly programmed from the beginning. Everything about germs, nothing about the breath. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, just another note on the three-part breath. So that's something that I'm teaching as well in my weekly breath and meditation classes. And I, yeah, it's, it's, for me, it was really, when I started with it, it was really a good new experience. And it's, it's really so interesting to see how after a few rounds, you literally feel how you can inhale in a deeper way, how you can create yeah. more space internally. That's right. With, with the deep breathing, you feel the results right away. And everybody does this. If they've never breathed before, all of a sudden they start, well, they'll have emotional responses, of course. People start crying and doing these different things. As, you know, breath work that's going around the modern world. Um, but if you keep going with that, you start to feel quite different. You feel yourself more. You feel your vitality. You feel something's different. And it's a positive feeling. But just teaching people how to breathe is one of the most important things you can do. If yeah. they have the experience of, wow, this feels really neat. I like this. And then they realize, I mean, you even see it in the Hollywood movies now. Somebody's all stressed out. Says, hey, slow down, man. Just take a deep breath. <laughs> yeah. So it's slowly seeping into the system, but not fast enough to save the human race. Oh, do you really think so? We're not fast enough to save the human race? <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> you are. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I do a lot of traveling and I just spend time in Singapore, Bangkok, Manila, more time than I had planned. And I realized, well, you, you can't breathe deep in these places because uh, the air is polluted. Mm. You're going to end up absorbing more of the pollution. Mm. And the majority of humans live in these black holes they call cities. I mean, I choose to live out here in the jungle. Yeah. Because I get it. it. Yeah. 
It's the environment that we developed in, we evolved in, we grew up in this environment with the trees, with nature. So what would be, I mean, what if someone is living in Singapore or Manila and they can't escape? Where where should they breathe? Inside, in a room with AC on? What's What's the best way for them? Not with AC, but you can get uh, air filters and air purifiers, air humidifiers. AC dehydrates the air, and your lungs are going to get dehydrated. And then all the the mucus that is secreted to clean your lungs out gets too thick, and you can't get rid of it, and you end up with a cold. Trying okay. to cough up stuff that's too thick to come out. So, Yeah. Ozone generators, uh, air purifiers. There's a few things on the market that can be very helpful. I mean, I wouldn't live in the city without something like that. An air filter that takes all the pollution out. And then um, a rehydrating vaporizer of some sort. And you can throw in essential oils and things, which are another form of prana. Actually, we haven't talked about prana. Yeah. Very rich out here in the jungle, but there's not much in the cities. Yeah. There's not enclosed environments like oxygen level. I mean, if you think about it, you're in an office with a bunch of people. There's no green um, source of oxygen. Everybody is breathing and pumping out carbon dioxide. By the end of the day, the whole room is full of carbon dioxide with very little oxygen. And people wonder why they're tired. Mm. Well, (laughs) (laughs) no wonder (laughs) to restore yourself, to rejuvenate. And then you're doing this every day. So of course you're going to end up with health problems and you're not going to feel good. You're going to get depressed. I don't know. I don't like my job. Yeah. It's so, it's so logical when you think about it. Um, yeah, but people don't think about it. We're no, not taught to contemplate. We're that's just the taught problem. to accept. Yeah. We think about so many stupid things in a day, but not about the <laughs> about yeah. the important things often. So it's well, thanks again for this super tip saying don't breathe with AC on, because now that I'm here in Bali, of course I had the AC on when I was doing well, sometimes at least when I was doing my breath work, but it's good to know that this is actually or could be kind of counterproductive. So that's a super helpful everyday so tip. The solution is, is you have a vaporizer, something that's putting humidity back in the air. Mm. AC is taking it out. Yeah. I don't have it with me. I have one at home. I didn't take it this time. And I love to work with the essential oils as well because they can also bring in like an additional grounding factor or, yeah, just help yeah. you relax. They are they are a source of prana. Smell is prana. Particularly, you know, smells from flowers and plants, essential oils. It's all a form of energy that we can actually absorb. And it inspires us. And if you're breathing with a nice scent in the air, it's more inspiring. Definitely. So I'll definitely link to both of your breathing courses in the in the show notes. I think you have two, if I've 
seen that correctly. And maybe let's just um, quickly touch on Ikadasi and Pancha Sahita. And I know that you're working with Ikadasi in your cancer remission program as well. And it's been part of my yoga teacher trainings. So tell mm -hmm. us about this um, breathing program that runs over 11 days. Yeah, you know, it begins, of course, with the Mahat Yoga Pranayama. You have to learn how to breathe first. With that, you apply the ratios of three breaths and lock, five breaths lock, and seven lock. Now, these mathematical ratios are a very big and strong part of Pranayama Yoga. The mathematics of energy control. It's amazing. But this one runs, pushes the energy through all different parts of your nervous system, the prana, and of course, enriches your whole body with oxygen. And the result is that blockages and forgotten memories and different things will come into consciousness. It'll pop up in your mind things you haven't forgotten, you haven't, you had forgotten about for years, maybe. So, this is an opening of memory of the nervous system and if you work a lot with people you after a while you see it a lot of people have many blockages hmm. they don't like this they don't like that or they've had bad experiences uh traumatic childhoods and these things ultimately suppress your breath If you look at what happens to a child when you yell at him, the, the father or the mother is upset and says, don't do that. First thing the child does is he holds his breath. That mm -hmm. becomes a pattern. And then that pattern inhibits your breathing. And by inhibiting the breathing, you're not feeling what you would have felt. And many people have like a, a backlog or a storehouse of these feelings that are there that they've never actually accepted or experienced. They don't want to feel that. So they don't think about this. They distract themselves with, oh, let's just change the channel, watch another thing mm. on TV or go to a sports game or distract ourselves. So Ekadasi goes in all the way back to your birth time and in the womb and moves the energy that has been suppressed or blocked for any period of time. And then all these memories and things start coming up. The emotions really start coming up. And you have to look at them, contemplate, why am I feeling this way? What happened? What's the result of what happened? So the whole chain of reactions that go just from breathing with this one technique. It's yeah. a grave digger really. But if you want to go into Pranayama Yoga, you kind of have to do this to clear the way. Otherwise, the blockages are going to prevent you from breathing with whatever mm. technique you're doing. It's not going to work that well. Mm. So you kind of have to face your fears, look at yourself, yeah. past and present. And then you can go into the future. Do the, do the uncomfortable stuff first. Um, yeah. I mean... Yeah. I guess it can also be so helpful, the Akadasi, in 
dissolving patterns or blockages that we are actually not aware of and that we because yeah. so many things i don't know we we so many times we try talk therapy for example and it just doesn't yeah. work maybe maybe it does make things even worse because we're talking about it so much we're thinking about it so much and we're still not coming to a solution and we're not able to yet not able to overcome our our blockages so in this regard ekadasi can be really powerful because it reaches deeper it, it goes to another level yeah so you need to push through it even if it's not so comfortable and the analysis part of looking at your life and figuring out what happened and why this is all part of the ekadasi the psychological part is really contemplation looking mm. at your life which then leads us to the four directions the four chakras in those directions and the pancha sahita which is the next level of um, diving deeper into anything and then it goes into empowerment of each of the chakras through prana through the nervous system in a very systematic and well laid out and time tested <laughs> technique that can be amazing if you follow through with it the nikadasani the pancha sahita is something i do every day Ekadasi, maybe once or twice a year these days. Mm -hmm. First, I did it four times a year for the first 10 years, and then twice a year for the next 10 years, and da da da. So, how many times can you do it? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's always dig up some stuff, or bring up a review of what you've been doing in your life in the last few months or last year or something. It's a good thing to keep reviewing, looking back, and then making better choices for the future. Mm -hmm. And how how are you doing the? So are you going through all five ratios each day with the panchasahita? Yeah, essentially nine rounds of each because I've been doing it for fifty years. Wow, that's so it's impressive. Not, it's not like I have to dig up things from the past. <laughs> the past like, <laughs> you have been digging all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's very inspiring in, in each of the directions and in each of the chakras, each of the different types of thoughts. Because when you lay out the chakras in these directions, which comes from Native American tradition, they also knew about the chakras. In in the West is uh, what they call the, the looking within place, <laughs> where you're looking at yourself, how you feel about yourself, how you see your life and what you're doing and how good you feel about yourself. And then you switch, and that's the fourth chakra, west setting sun. And then you go to the south, and you're looking at your social life, social connections, interactions with people, relationships. How are you doing with all of that? How did that go? Do you have any bad experiences? Are you clear and um, settled with everyone? So it's another direction that you're analyzing yourself and looking for glitches or whatever you find there. Mm -hmm. Turn and you go to the east and you're doing the third pancha sahita, which is eight, four, four, sixteen, etc. And here you're looking at your self-empowerment. Are you following your dreams? Are you doing 
what you want to do with your life. What is your vision? And do you have the power to fulfill your vision? And then contemplating that and looking at it. Then you go to the north direction, which that was the, the eastern direction is Manipura, by the way. Then we go to the south and Vishuddha, which is your knowledge, your belief system. What do you know? How are you doing with right knowledge, wrong knowledge? What is your belief system based on? Is it reality? Is it what people told you? What do you need to know to really complete a belief system that makes sense? So most people need a complete new education in this department. The normal people out there. So that takes us into these four directions, the four, four chakras. And then you come back to the West and you've gone beyond how you think and feel about yourself into a much deeper, more intuitive realm. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the 468. So each one of these breathing techniques is really triggering an, a prana flow to each of the chakras. And each one of those has a whole psychological aspect that unfolds as you are observing and looking at it and studying yourself. And this is part of a self-study and your own development. Yeah. So a lot more can be said with that. Yes. No, that's that's amazing. And I've so I've done the Ikadasi with the directions, but I haven't done the Panchasahita with the directions. But would you say it's always good to to include them to make it more powerful? Yeah, definitely. Okay. More powerful, more clear, and it organizes your mind. Because you are organizing your mind into these different directions, different areas of your life, from your personal everything to the social, to your direction and vision in life, and then your belief system. Mm -hmm. So, so it's can a, we just... a systematic way of analyzing your, your own mind, actually. Yeah. Can we run through the directions one more time? So if people are listening, um, they know where to start. So did you say we start in the West? We start in the West with 41684. Mm -hmm. The direction and the breathing that will take you into everything you think and feel about yourself personally. What is mm -hmm. your self-image? And you're looking at that and looking for glitches and maybe conflicts and maybe thing, unresolved issues or guilt or things like that which will come up in this direction then we go to the south mm -hmm. which is Pakistana, second chakra your social connections your relationships how are all your connections how just your communication with everyone do you have unresolved issues with people or is everything cool and clear and calm are all your relationships in a good place? Then we go to the east. The rising sun is the rising coming of the new day. It's where are we going today? This is going into the future. The fourth chakra in the opposite direction of west is looking into the past. Everything you have done, everything you have felt and how mm -hmm. you are with now you're going into the future. Where am I going from here? What do I want to do next? What is my vision? Am I doing what I really want to do? 
Or have I sacrificed my life to do a good job that someone else wants me to do? So these are deep questions for some people and can bring about life changes. So three is Manipura empowerment of doing your own thing, doing what you are here to do, your dharma, essentially. And then you go to the north and you're looking at your knowledge bank, everything you know, everything you think you know, right knowledge, wrong knowledge, your belief system. What is your belief system? Is it founded on um, the latest in science of the quantum physics, which is really the chakras? I don't see the distinction here. Quantum physics is too theoretical. The chakras bring you into an experience of each of these energies. But anyway, mm -hmm. it stimulates the whole intellectual side of your being, what you believe in, what you think. And you reanalyze that and change things, bring in new information as you need, which you can do when you're breathing in this direction with the 16844. And mm -hmm. then you come back around to the intuitive fourth chakra again, having gone through everything you feel about yourself. Now, what's the deeper level of intuitive feeling about life? Mm -hmm. And then done that, your mind becomes more calm because you've already looked at everything. And it doesn't spend all day trying to remind you and think about this and think about that. So mm -hmm. in a sense, it's a, an organizing and calming technique, mm -hmm. which I recommend for people. Actually, we could do an online class or course on that too, which would be very interesting. Yeah. Maybe an experience for people. I don't have that one online yet, but it's very important for me, for my life and for my students. Yeah, I I think so too, because it's, um, it's this, it's also like Pachasahita is this breath that you also do for your body, right? I mean, it's also for the mind, but it's also this like, would yeah, you say was, general maintenance for your body? I was explaining the mental connection there, but the psychological aspect of it. But each one of the chakras is connected to body functions, glands and organs, yeah. which are getting a positive surge of prana and an enrichment of oxygen that then is going to those glands and organs. Yeah. I mean, and Swami Gita taught this, it was primarily in the beginning as a body rejuvenating mm -hmm. for all the endocrine glands connected to the chakras. And then we went into the psychological aspect, but it's all connected. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. But yeah, I'm, I'm just pointing out this, this physical aspect because... There might be people listening who just want to get healthy on a physical level. I mean, we know that it's always connected to the mental level, but yeah, yeah it's it could be a good. And even when you, even yeah. if you're doing it for the physical level, the the mental side is going to pop up, and you're going to think, okay. "Oh, gee, we thought about that, making <laughs> connect." Yes. So I just wanted to to. Um, let the listeners know. So Panchasahita works with five um, organs or let's say areas of the body. So we go into the the lungs, the liver, the eliminatory system, the digestive system, and the heart. So they could also use it as far as 
or if I'm understanding it correctly, to target a specific area if they have, I don't know, heart problems or if they are, um, I don't know, have been a smoker and want to now work on their on the health of the lungs, they could also target that with a certain ratio of pancha sahita, right? Yeah. Okay. But there with smokers, I would go more into nasarga basrika, the rapid breathing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's faster to clear out the lungs because when you're doing long breath retentions and you've been a smoker, the stuff that is in your lungs gets pushed into the bloodstream mm. instead of coming out. So you want yeah. to clear out the lungs actually before you do punches yes. of detail. Yeah, that's an important point. So thank you so much for this. I mean, this information on Panchasahita was very enlightening. And I'm sure that a mm. lot of people listening, I know there will be a lot of yogis from my trainings listening, yogi friends, and um, we've all been in touch with Panchasahita. And it's just so amazing to hear from it uh to to hear about it from an expert like you who's like this living breathing example of it um so yeah thank you <laughs> i believe that a course on that on pancha sahita online will be will be amazing i'm happy to help promote <laughs> yeah okay so thank you Part of my plan of being here in Palawan, away from all the busyness of Thailand, is to take a little more time doing these things and setting up videos and courses. And there's oh. no distractions out here. I'm just in the jungle by myself. Wow. Oh, that's so amazing. That sounds really, really good. I love it. So I will... Um, yeah. I will point to your breathing courses in the show notes i will point to your website chakra yoga system people can find you there they can also find you under permit yoga have a look at your amazing centers in thailand and the philippines the philippines yeah. where you're now um, this one is actually this one here we call chakra yoga center because i teach about chakras and okay. Pyramid Yoga has become a place for various other kind of workshops and classes and ecstatic dances and, and things like that, and which always makes it pretty busy. Plus, now I was in the jungle there, but now suburbia has moved in all around me. So it's become mm. noisy, mm -hmm. distracting. So, one of the reasons I'm here in Palo One. Yeah, I can relate. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. Thank you so much. Um, amazing having this opportunity to talk to you about our breath and its its power. And I really hope that a lot of people will benefit from this conversation. So thank you. Yeah, I hope it inspires some people and gets them breathing and get into the practice of yoga, which is really a good addition to life enhancing yes. your life <laughs> definitely thank you so much i really hope you enjoyed this episode and i really do hope that it was informative for you that you can benefit from it and that it really helps you 
step back into your own true power. So if you liked it, please leave us a like, a five-star review, depending on where you're listening. You can also hop over to Instagram where I'll be posting about this. Leave a comment, share it with friends, family members, colleagues, whoever you think might need a breath of fresh air. All right. Thank you so much for listening and I'll hear you on the next one.